0: Amen. We're in Romans chapter 10, dealing with faithful. And I'd like to look at this topic this evening and title it Within Reach. Within Reach. And this is one of the most important chapters, I'd say, in the book of Romans. Also, maybe one of the most important chapters in the Word of God. For in it, you find the formula... To become a Christian. Now, some people calling it getting saved. Some people calling it become a Christian. And and there's various ways to describe it, but it gives you the nuts and bolts of what you have to do to be saved. To become a Christian, to be delivered from sin, to go to heaven, and all these other things. And so we want to look at the theme within reach, within reach. Reach So, beginning in verse 1, and there are 21 verses here, beginning in verse 1, we want to look at the the topic of the gospel is within reach. The gospel is within reach. Now, sometimes we don't think it's within reach. Uh, Sometimes things can seem hard. Hello, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Romans chapter 10. Verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And a lot has to deal with desire. So getting saved, becoming a Christian, you see the gospel is within reach. And we're going to see that as we go through the beginning of Romans chapter 10. But I remember reading about a strength coach proving how things are within reach. Now, he challenged some athletes to jump. You know, the vertical jump where you jump and you tap and you can measure your vertical jump. They use it a lot in basketball. So they marked their highest and he said, well, can you possibly jump any higher? And these athletes would say, no, that is as high as I can jump. So what he would do, he probably had a step ladder, right? He would get a $100 bill. And he would move it just a little higher, you know, like a couple inches higher than their highest jump. And he would put it there and say, if you can grab it, you can have it. And the strength coach said, I lost a Benjamin every time. So these people could actually reach higher then they thought they could and you know that if we don't think we can get something from god i believe that god's promises are within reach so money's a great motivator right so this guy was with his wife and they were at this fair and they had a ride in a stunt plane and the guy was super cheap right and his wife was super adventurous so so they gave, they go up to this stunt plane it's got the open cockpit and uh said sir how much and uh there's a place for two people in like the back seat. And he said, Well, uh stunt plane, we, we go up for five minutes and do some loops and everything. It's two two hundred and fifty bucks a piece. Right of a lifetime. And the husband's like, sounds like a good deal. And uh uh no wait, the husband is the cheap one, right? Husband's like, no way. <laughs> Are you kidding? $250? He said, no way. The wife's like, right of a lifetime, we've gotta do this. The husband's like, $250? Is $250. We're not doing it. And so all this bickering goes on. So the pilot says, look, folks, my last ride of the day, you can just be quiet, right? If you can just be quiet, not make one peep, I won't charge you at all. So that's like a free $500 ride. So, so, you know, both of them, you know, do this and just, you know, zip their mouths shut. They, they load up and she's real excited. And he's kind of got his, you know, his, his, his head down. And um, so they, he goes through and he gives them a, a real rod, you know, extends it to like 10 minutes. And uh, lands and he looks back and said, how was it? And uh, the husband's gone. <laughs> he said, what happened? He said, "He fell out when you did one of your loop-de-loops. Okay, so why don't you say anything? He said $250 is $250. See, money is a great motivator in life. And not, we all know that. That hits home, right? And you see, the gospel is in reach. Well, why don't some people get saved? Or what, what is it that it, it finds people so hard to get things in life? Well, you see, those other things that are motivators in life. Where we spend eternity is a motivator in life life is a motivator in life and you know most adults we look before we cross the streets kids run across right kids have no idea what a truck could do to your your you know your your teeth right (laughs) but adults we look we look sometimes we look again right and if we think we want to we look halfway across the street we know because life is precious and so what we want to talk about in within reach, the gospel's within reach, but the gospel looks at something, desire. Paul said, I've got a desire for Israel that they're saved. And that was Paul's greatest desire. He was the preacher of preachers, and that's just what he did. He preached. He preached all the time. He preached on a ship in the middle of a storm. He just preached because he knew that all this was going to be gone one day, that everything that people had and, and uh, that uh, all of the things of this world would pass away, but the word of the Lord would endure forever. So Paul had the right desire. And you know that he has a heart's desire. You know, we need to delight. The Bible said in Psalm 1, if you want to read about that, 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 that godly man, it says his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And in TikTok doth he meditate day and night. No, in, in his law, in the word of God, he's thinking about, you know, it's amazing how distracted we can get. But if you actually delight yourself in the Lord, Psalms 37 and verse four, delight yourself also in the Lord. It's where the desire is. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. When we delight ourselves in God, God can add these things to you. I remember when i wanted to buy a range rover long story short it was three thousand my wife said offer him a thousand and it was not not a new range rover it was like a 95 and this was like in 2007 or something so so i offered him a thousand he's like i'm looking for three thousand but if i don't you know if i don't get any offers you know we'll see you know i'll call you back or something so like some time passes if it's a month or something i don't know and i was i was at my place reading my bible and uh i have a cell phone next to me and i remember thinking i said it i said god i had a car i don't need a range rover i said god but i i like it and the phone rang and i'm not kidding and it was the guy and he said hey you know it didn't sell if you want it for a thousand you can have it well you didn't get to drive it did you sir but your wife did So we went and bought ourselves a black Range Rover and it was a blessing. Well, what was the other blessing? The Range Rover's gone. We sold it for $2,000. Not a big income, but uh, my radiator broke in my other car on, I think, the day that I sold it. So I had money to fix my radiator. So it was a blessing. So, but God showed me something else. If you delight yourself in the Lord... He'll give you the desires of your heart. See, Paul had the right desires. And to get the gospel, that's what we need. The gospel is within reach. We just got to have the right desire. So the Bible said in Psalm chapter 40, in verse 8, it's talking about Jesus. It's called a messianic psalm. Now, a messianic psalm talks about the coming Messiah. And it said, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. You know, the, the Ten Commandments, they say not to do things. Basically, uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, the last five. That's what you're not supposed to do to other people. And the last one is that you shall not covet. Uh, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's ox, your neighbor's ass, your neighbor's manservant, maidservant, or anything that's thy neighbor's. So the Bible is saying it's warning us. It tells us to do the right things, and it's warning us don't, don't get wrapped up in the wrong desires. Desires make us make decisions. So in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, when we're talking about the gospel being within reach. Well, anything's within reach if we want it. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When we desire the Bible, we'll read it. When we desire the things of God, we'll read it. When we desire to do anything in life, guess what? We'll do it. Had a hard time stopping to drink soda, and I remember praying about it, and I'm like, oh, God opened my eyes. I had a hard time stopping drinking soda. You know why? Well, it's addictive, it's the caffeine. No. Because I liked soda. That was why. It was hard because I had a desire. Not a chemical addiction. There probably was that too, right? But I have coffee. I still drink coffee. But I just liked it. I liked the way the bubbles went down when I drank Coca-Cola. I liked it. And then I said, God, I said, take it out of my heart. And guess what? He did. And now if I have one once in a while, if I don't have one once in a while, I I can drink it or not drink it. But I doesn't have a grip on me. But God had to open my eyes that there was even a desire there. So that was an innocent thing. But anyway, if God opens it, just get the right desire. You'll get the gospel. It's within reach. Verse 2. For I bear them record. Paul talking about his brethren, the Jews. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness... Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. A lot of times, you know, it's been shared, and you can tell someone something a hundred times. Someone said the illusion of communication is that it actually took place. You can tell someone over and over again they look at you like this and they have no idea what you're talking about. And the other thing that the Jews did is they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear believe in Jesus. They say, no, no, we're going to do this law stuff and we're going to keep the law of Moses and we're good. We don't want Jesus. We don't want the Messiah. We don't want the one that's been prophesied of throughout the prophets and throughout the law. We don't want that. We want the way we want to do it. Have you ever talked to your child and... Or maybe someone tried to talk to you, and you put your hands over your ears, and you went la 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 la. I don't know why you say la la la, but you say la 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 la. I can't hear you. And the problem is, you already heard them, but you don't want to hear anymore. But in Acts chapter seven fifty-seven, adults did this. So Stephen preached the gospel, and at the end of it, they got so mad they went. Ugh! And then he said, hey, I see the heavens open and I see the Son of Man. I see the glory of God and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. He saw the Trinity bodily up in heaven. And it said in Acts chapter 7, 57, they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. They did exactly that. We don't want to hear anything more about (laughs) Jesus. And it said that they actually stoned him, drug him out of the city and stoned him to death. But... The Jews, not all Jews, but this is in general, they didn't want to hear about Christ. They didn't want to hear, so they would just put their hands over their ears. And, and you know, God forbid that no, hopefully no one does that overtly when they come hear the gospel, that they don't do that. But God, let me not just put my hands over my ears. If it's something that I need to hear, uh, let it hurt so good, you know? Let me, let me hear what I need to hear for my own benefit so for, for, verse 4 for Christ is the end of the law now this is what the Jews held on to was the law of Moses for Christ is the end of the law to everyone that believeth Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10 ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power and going down to verse 14 of the second chapter of Colossians blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us that's the law Ordinances or laws, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Hebrews said, if you have these sacrifices, shouldn't they make you perfect? But no, they have to keep giving them. It's like, you know, people come out with these diet wonders. You ever saw? Oh, this is it. This is the diet remedy for the ages. If that were true which it's not. <laughs> there would be no more diet remedies ever. All the other books would be cleared off the shelf and they'd just sell that one book. But it's not. There, there's all kinds of ways to lose uh, weight, perhaps, and get healthy. But there's no, like, miracle cure in a pill that's ever going to come. But with Jesus, all the things in the Old Testament began to point towards God well, what was the law for anyway, preacher? In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19, Paul even answered it. He said, wherefore serveth the law? Why? What good is the law? And it said, it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Now, you know, it's interesting. All of those things and all the laws, they were added to show us that we could not keep all the rules. That's why they had all these sacrifices. That's why the law was to show that, that no flesh was going to be justified by the law. Well, what could the law do? You know, if you travel the speed limit, you're not, going to get a good, you're not going to get a sticker when you come home. Like, I got a yellow sticker. Why? I drove the speed limit. You don't get that. But if you don't drive the speed limit, what happens? Right. It's the same with the law. The law couldn't justify you. The main purpose of the law was when you stepped out of the line. Oh, you're wrong. (laughs) It could condemn, but not justify. It couldn't make the heart clean. And the weakness of the flesh was the problem. So that's why God came in the likeness of sinful flesh to deliver us from the weak link, which was us. (laughs) Like, so what's the problem with uh with people? Look in the mirror. It's your best problem or your best solution and your greatest problem. This one brother told me he was he would stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm not crazy, you're crazy. I'm not crazy, you're crazy. And he was just joking. But that's what we had to get delivered from, was us. And it says in verse 5, For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. That the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Now he's talking about those that lived in. The law of Moses. Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 5 is where he's quoting from. And you had to live within those laws. Otherwise, you were fallen out from the law of God. But verse 6, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. It's not about works. It's not about doing things. But what saith it? The word is nigh or near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So the recipe for salvation is Romans 10 and verse 9. And if you ever have someone, they like, well, how do you become a Christian? I remember when I was on a ship and this guy and I, this other Christian and I, we were, we were you know, leading that night from some fellowship. And so we kind of, shook hands and you know in the mid there's no privacy on a ship in the military and we just prayed and said our goodbyes later one guy came by and he said were you praying in the in the they call it the passageway were you praying in the passageway i said yes that was me he goes um basically i want to i want to talk to you and and we led him back to a place and he, he gave his heart back to god well you know when people see being a christian and say well if they need to get to god well i don't remember exactly what we prayed but you can lead them right to this verse, How can I be sure that I come to God? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And I got to tell them about what Jesus did for them to confess that. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. It's Easter weekend coming up. Thou shalt be saved. People need to know that. It's just one sentence. And it's a preacher, but it's too simple. Have you ever read Genesis chapter 1? simple, muy simple, muy fácil, right? So easy, even a child could read it, right? Look at the first in the Hebrew, there's seven words in Genesis chapter one, verse one. Why? It's so simple so that you can understand it. God wanted you to understand how he set things up. Now, Moses wasn't around for that. Moses had to get a revelation from God. So God had to say, I'm gonna make this clear, Moses, Put this down in order. This is how I did it. And then it explains the formula. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. It's the heart. There's from verse one, Paul said, my heart's desire. Brethren, when you put your heart in it, you can do anything. There was a, uh, I remember uh, a Navy SEAL, SEAL Team Six. And he had uh, lost an eye in a training exercise, but he still went through sniper school and passed. Pretty good. Now, unfortunately, his first name was Adam. He did die in combat, but before he died in combat, he was uh, either doing his uh, business degree or his—he uh, was—he was—he was doing college. What was he doing it? He was like dabbing his eye, which was like weeping and leaking and everything. But he was doing it at night. He was going through and going through college. You know, you can do anything if you put your heart into it. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So preacher, it's easy to believe. Believe it or not, it's hard to believe because we want to do it ourselves. We don't want to let someone else do it for us. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's all God wants is for us to make that confession to him. So the gospel is within reach and then verses 10 to 15, reach. So if the gospel is within reach to all of us, It's offered to all of us. What are we supposed to do? Reach. I like how we start service and uh, generally we start it with our hands lifted up. That's how biblically people pray. The, The hands put together in front of you, that was an artist's conception. It doesn't actually say to do that in the Bible. Prayer is a position of the heart. You can pray flat on your face, kneeling, hands up, hands down, hands together. But in the Bible, the Jews pray, with their hands lifted up. And Paul said, I would that men pray everywhere with holy hands. It's very natural to reach up to God. It's very natural when you celebrate. It's very natural if someone sticks a gun in your back, right, you surrender. And it's very natural if you fall down and you're a child, you reach up for your mommy or your daddy. But it's, that's a way, it's very natural. God put that in there. To worship. Go look at a football stadium. They're all lifting up their hands. Except at the Jaguar Stadium, because they never... No, they do score. But anyway, but the victory is... You're lifted up. This is going to be online. Someone's going to give me some hate mail, but that's okay. Go Jaguar. Maybe. But the gospel is offered to all. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. John 3.16. God, he's the greatest giver. So loved the greatest motive, the world, the greatest need, that he gave, the greatest act, his only son, the greatest gift, that whosoever, the greatest invitation, believes in him, the greatest opportunity, should not perish, the greatest deliverance, but have everlasting life, the greatest joy. God loves us, and God says whosoever, Calls upon the Lord will be saved. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord overall is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, listen to the reverse engineering. Okay? Verse 13 says, Someone's at the altar, they're praying, right? God save me, and God saves them. Now God goes backwards, okay? The steps back, and to see how that happens, okay? In verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So if you read 15, the top of verse 15 and go to verse 14, you'll see how this prayer takes place in verse 13. So the preacher is sent, okay, in verse 15, then you go to verse 14, and then they preach, right? That's that's how they hear. And then they can believe. That's the near the top of the verse of the 14. And then they call. So God shows, it's kind of neat how God shows us how that works. And then the word preach, if you take the P off, it's reach. And then you take the R off, it's each. It's a cool word. So verse 16 to 21, I got a few minutes left. Everyone does not reach. So we read in the first part, the gospel is within reach. The second part, reach. And then the third part, verse 16 to 21, everyone does not reach. Choose to obey the gospel, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Esaias or Isaiah saith, "Lord, who hath believed our report?" You ever been that way? You're talking to someone and I'm like, man, I've been talking to them about God for so long. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God didn't choose it by miracles; He chose it by hearing, because you can get confused. With these you can have what's called an optical illusion we get used to our eyes because we get most of our info from our eyes but you can get tricked pride different things there was a guy at Home Depot I believe and I I, my parents are from the North he was from the North and he began to mock the South but what he didn't know is I love the South so he began to make fun of people from the South saying they're all get her done down here and kind of mocking the accents and I said yeah i said you're pretty smart right And he's like yeah yeah and i said what's that stuff called and i kind of ran my one hand along my other hand i said what's that stuff called that the deaf people read and he said braille and i was like oh oh no actually they they read what you and i read and i just walked off right so it was a trick what were you doing i was giving him an optical illusion because he was blinded by what his pride that he was so smart. And then I walked away because I didn't want to get in a fight. But it was pretty funny. But the gospel hasn't been obeyed by all because people get their eyes on stuff and not their ears on stuff. But I say, have they not all heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went into all the earth and their words into the end of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not, and I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient, and gainsaying people. You know what gainsaying is? Gainsaying means to argue against. It comes from a, a Greek word, anti-Lego, like somebody who doesn't like Legos, right? But you, you want to speak against, and that's what gainsaying. And they were just arguing. You ever been around someone, they just want to argue and argue, and, and God's like, I've been reaching out to my own people, and they've just been arguing over and over against me. And uh, you know that sometimes to end this within reach, I remember there was a preacher that said that he went to Disney, but he wasn't from Florida. So they'd given these tickets to go to Disney, and that's pretty cool. That's never happened to me, but uh, I've never been to Disney, except as a worker. I worked on Disney, and uh, some of the animal, one of those kingdoms where they had all the animals out there, and I was stocking She-Rock. We didn't get to go on any rides, okay? Except the crane, we get to, anyway, but. uh, So he went in, and then when they were traveling down, someone wasn't able to attend, so they had an extra ticket. So or maybe even a few. So he went around and he said, well, I don't wanna just let this go to waste. So he went around the opening of the park and tried to hand this free ticket to someone. You think that'd be easy, right? Someone would scoop that up. How expensive are a Disney tickets? Like 100 bucks, 200 bucks? So a latte, right? More than a Starbucks, I know that much. And so he'd offer it to someone and they'd be like, how much do you want for it? And they'd be like, nothing just free. And they're like, "Mm, nah, you know, there must be something into it, right? Yeah, I don't want that. That's the way people think it is. And he could not give it a free ticket. He would pleading with people. And eventually he said, someone reluctantly received the free Disney ticket. But you know, that's like the gospel. It's so easy, and I can't believe God would want to just give me something free like that. What's the angle? What are you trying to get? What's 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 the trick? There's no trick. There's no trick, but it's within reach. And chapter 10 tells us the gospel's within reach. All we, it's in your mouth. It's nigh or near thee the word of faith. All we have to do is reach. So, preacher, well, not everyone's gonna reach, but but Paul said, I'm become all things. I made all things to all men that I might save some. He didn't say all. Paul knew that some wouldn't make that reach, but he knew that some would. And brethren, I don't know who those some are, but I and you and we're after those some to reach forward unto those things which are before, to reach forward for the call of God in Christ Jesus in reaching souls as we're on our way to heaven. Amen. God bless you as our prayer.